You know, I think Blade said it best when he said that bodega cats are the best cats. We're talking about vampires versus the Bronx. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your new favorite show, The More You Nerd, as we get into some spooky, scary shenanigans in Trunk or Treat 4. And now we are going to talk about Vampires in the Bronx, the 2020 Netflix. I'm going to go out and say Miles, uh, Miles, my co-host, who I couldn't do the show without. Uh, I, I don't think this is a horror movie. I mean... Like I said, it it is a uh, it's a Halloween movie. It is a it's a it's got elements of horror. And and what's what's so funny about this inter- this movie um, that I think is interesting is if if a director had just kind of switched the way in which they went about making this movie straight up horror film, <laughs> specifically the scene in the parking garage. Yes. Um. Which is probably probably that in the bodega scene the most horror of this. This this is more. Well, those are um, spo- spoiler warning. Those are the only two on screen deaths in the movie. Oh, I guess there's one at the very beginning. I forgot about that. Yeah, there's a couple but, more. So, uh, spoiler warning, by the way, for uh, for this. Uh, so, ne- Vampires versus the Bronx is a 2020 horror film uh, written uh, and directed by Oz Rodriguez, who was known. Uh, one of the biggest things he has done is do a lot of TV directing, uh, namely. Uh, a little show called Saturday Night Live, uh, Saturday Night Live uh, episode director and scene director. Um, what an Emmy. And this uh, this movie was actually co-produced. One of the producers is Lauren Michaels. And one of the performers in it is Chris Red, who a former uh, SNL cast member. I just every single time he's on screen in anything. I just he he has a presence that I just find delightful. I, I love Chris Red. I love Chris Red. I I think Chris I, Red is I loved great. him in Keenan too. Um, like because he plays Keenan's uh, brother or stepbrother, a brother. Um, and the the dude just has the best comedic timing. He knows what works, and he can make the most out of the tiniest scene. But before we get into uh, vampires versus the Bronx. We do have to continue a currently weekly segment for the month of October because I have a book report. It's <laughs> a, um, a good name. I am surprised, but I have been able to keep my momentum and uh, read my second uh, middle grade uh, horror book, This Appearing House by Ali uh, Melanenko. And this is a really, really good uh, haunted house movie. It is a or haunted house book. It's uh, essentially about a a girl who has survived an illness. They don't call it cancer for most of the book. It's not like a surprise to find out that she survived cancer, but they they use a lot of of metaphor throughout the horror aspects of this book and throughout the haunting. Um, to say something about trauma and about people who have are, are survivors. And uh, this is a really, really solid book. I think it's a great book for 
for kids, this is exactly what I was talking about last year uh, when I was talking about how horror can be used as a coping mechanism. This is a great book about dealing with trauma and processing things as a young person. And it does throw through does so through a classic haunted house style story. And I uh, loved this book, loved the the main character. Um, she is a fun, fearless girl who is also dealing with a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I can't say enough nice things about this book. Um, this is probably one of the more um, poignant uh, horror books I've read in a while. And I'm, I'm really stoked that I got the chance to, to read this. Um, and if you're looking for a really good time that honestly has some good spooky imagery, it's got uh, some, some neat creatures. Uh, yeah, I think your kids will love it. Uh, I loved it. Um, and for next week, I am moving on to the all new Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, middle grade horror story. Uh, the Tale of the Gra- Grave Mother by uh, Rin Chupeco. So hopefully I can keep my streak oh, going. Sorry, sorry. My, my, uh, my coffee creamer got all over this fire and it uh, exploded. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get to some Are You For The Dark. But uh, yeah, I, I just want to update that I'm still, I'm still maintaining getting to read uh, one middle grade book a week. I've got two in the can. I've got two more to go. Um, so we'll see. Well, that's awesome, dude. So let's ju- speaking of uh, projects that use horror to talk about other subjects. Let's <laughs> talk about vampires versus the Bronx. So yeah, that's why it's why it's why I picked that book to read, because it's a good. A good another one that has a message, and this one does a really good job with its heavy handed metaphor. Yeah. So uh, I, again, this is also one of those projects where like. I feel like I'm one of the worst people to talk about it because it's not really yeah. for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and, and and we'll get into that. So the, the film and this movie in a lot of ways feels like a lot of the the, I guess, mid 80s kid horror stuff. Not in that it's mm-hmm. like scary. It's just you have it is about the kids and they are not afraid for the kids to do stuff. Um, this this movie is PG-13. This is our, I believe, our only trunk or treat film with an F-bomb in it, uh, which uh, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. This 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 returns us to some of the uh, the language that was a little more. There's a lot of a lot of the S word and a lot of some of the other, you know, uh, PG-13 mm-hmm. words. But uh, but Chris Red himself gets to drop a little F-bomb in this film, uh, which is a so apropos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it surrounds three kids. Uh, Miguel, also known as Little Mayor. L- Little Mayor. Yeah. Which I was I had a, I, I thought they were calling him Little Man for the longest time until I sh- it said Little Mayor on the screen. It's like, oh, it's Little Mayor. Uh, his friend Bobby and their friend Luis, who has recently returned uh, to visit after having moved to Tampa, Florida. And they live in the na- a neighborhood in the Bronx. And uh, Miguel himself is passing out flyers about this uh, block party that he wants to do to raise money so that their their sort of mentor figure, Tony, who runs the the local bodega, can keep his bodega. Uh, 
we we know there are some other things that have been going around as this Murnau group is basically buying up everything and buying people out. And consequently, some other people are disappearing. Uh, so I wonder what that could be. Um, spoiler warning, it's vampires, especially because you see that in the first scene with special guest star Zoe Saldana. <laughs> yeah, uh, loved that. Um and I love that they use um, Murnau as the name of the company. Uh, the director, uh, F.W. Murnau, was the one who created uh, or made Nosferatu. That's where uh, the name comes from. OK, I want yes. I, I didn't look up Murnau. I knew it had to be something vampire related. And OK, yes. I, I'm, and I feel I, good about that. I was so I was so it's one of those things where like as a horror fan, you're like, oh, that's that's cute. Like, I like they did that. because It's not just an overt name like uh dr acula in, in uh or alucard or something it's like oh no this is a nice vampire reference that if you're into that stuff is a cool thing if you're not it sounds like an old-timey name uh it sounds like the name of an investment group perfect um and i yeah i love that the first scene is we have this uh this woman who is selling her nail salon to this group so that she can move out of the city and move to the suburbs because they are offering an obscene amount of money uh, for her business, for her property. And of course, that's not all they take. They ask some very pointed questions about, you know, oh, and you don't have a boyfriend or a husband? It's like, no, I'm single. Nobody's out looking for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, again, this is this is this is for a specific audience. So I mean, they're they're they are hamming up a little bit, and that's that's this what movie this movie, yeah, this movie does is, and it may be why you were like, oh, it's not a horror movie, but it's a Halloween movie because this movie is playful. This is a little bit more less on the serious side of say like The Gate. It might be closer to maybe some episodes of Goosebumps or Are You Afraid of the Dark in terms of of its tone um because it is a very playful movie it's it's supposed to be funny but um this movie does sometimes try to have its cake and eat it too <laughs> yeah for sure um i and but again this movie is fun and that is the thing mm -hmm. that that really that really gets it the the kids the three kids and their sort of relationship with each other plays really really well and it's it's also interesting as you get into to the other the other characters and things that are going on in this film uh that you know we only get to see a little bit of of stuff um like the there's a character henny that 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 is like sort of a like a a, a bad dude around town that that uh uh bobby's uh uh, uh hang on i want to make sure i'm getting all the the characters correct yeah, that Bobby's father was involved with and, and is the reason that Bobby's father is dead. Like there's some there's some serious stuff in the background of this, but the serious and stuff I, is I almost that. It, but the serious stuff is almost all not about the vampires. It's all about well, the real world stuff that, that is going. Exactly. On. And that's that's what makes stuff like this so good is the fantastical elements are not the worst thing. That's that's always what's so interesting is like the real life stuff is what makes one what makes these characters imp important, but it informs how they go through 
the situation uh, because each character is acting differently. They take on the the situation differently before finally all coming together. But I love the fact that they they this deals with things that you know kids coming of age might be dealing with and and it's not all suburb stories and so i think the way that they portrayed these characters and how they went about it honestly i thought was pretty pretty good yeah and 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 and, i mean the 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 elephant in the room is really like when you look at the vampires themselves like you have a a diverse cast of black and latino pop you know actors that are all of the main characters and all of the vampires are white people moving in and buying up property. <laughs> I, will, I will say the most the, the 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 vampire gentrification metaphor is fantastic. They play it heavy handed enough because this of the audience this movie is made for. Um, so I'm I'm fine with it being a heavy handed metaphor. Um, what I thought was a weird touch is anytime one of the vampires says like, uh, "Oh yeah, we're gonna get rid of you people." And I was just like, yeah, it's like whoa, whoa. <laughs> like, I know what they they were they thought they were doing and they were doing it. But I'm just like, ah, this. That's a little strong. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was interesting to say the least. And, and I mean, I will say all of these vampires, all the vampires uh, are somewhat. European or Germanic uh in their presentation a lot of blonde hair a lot of blonde hair um including uh who are the uh, a main character who is re- revealed i said revealed in quotation marks like from the very beginning you're like no we know who you are in the um, in the first scene i was a little like hmm maybe this is a thing but then by the second scene she was in i was like oh yeah she a vampire <laughs> <laughs> right uh vivian played by uh sarah gadon who i i have seen in many things but most notably she plays gay in uh letter kenny and so i know her as a comedic actress and love her to pieces and because the entire time i'm like i know her i know her from something and i know i love whatever she's in but the, it was like because gay hasn't been involved in the show in a very long time um i was just like and then it suddenly hit me like in the middle of it. And I start cracking up and, and Chris, like, what's so funny. I'm like, I was like, that's gay from Letterkenny. And now I'm not sure I've even made it to that character in my watching of Letterkenny. If I have, oh, it's man. very early, but uh, yeah, she, she's, she's fantastic. Um, and I really liked her as the, the main villain in, in this one. I thought I thought she did a really good job. Um, I I could have done without anytime there's a serious scene and she screams, where's Lil Mayor? And I'm like, OK, you know his name. Stop that. Stop that right now. <laughs> that was that was pretty, pretty interesting. But, but I do like the fact that like they they play her off as the the bumbling like. Person who is trying not to come off like she's like oh i'm not gonna call the cops or like hey i was young too like like she's she's like overly trying to like win these kids yeah. over and they I, are having none of it the my, entire time my favorite part of that was when she says oh i'm not gonna call the cops or anything and then the Luis pulls them aside and it's like the person that's gonna call the cops is the person that's gonna say they're not gonna call the cops <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the the um the comedic timing in this movie is pretty excellent i think all three kids are amazing 
Um, you also have a secondary character, Gloria, who is TikToking the entire thing. Yeah, she's very funny. Constantly cracks me up. Uh, and is apparently in um the director's the writer director's newest film that was on Hulu this this past summer. Um, and like half these kids had some sort of small role in the get down for Netflix, which was also set in, in New York. Um, did uh, did Oscar Rodriguez show. have anything to do with the get down? I, d- I don't think so, which is wild that like. All of these kids, like not all of them, but like, a lot of these people came from this this show. And I don't know if maybe Netflix has a stable like the CW does. We're like, hey, we, we got a we got a Rolodex of kids that you could probably look at. Um, which I mean, and again, they might all be under some kind of Netflix contract or something. That's yeah, because I know the CW does that with actors or did that with actors uh, all the time. And I, I think that the act, uh, Jer- Jeremy Harris, who plays uh, Henny, I think was also in the get down. God, yeah, he was in the, he was a recurring in the get down as well. Hated that they canceled that um, or that Boz Lerman canceled it because he didn't want to do TV, um, which is like, why do the project to begin with? But that's beside the point. Um, yeah, the, the kids are great. Uh, they introduce a lot of really fun family elements because each one has a very different family. Um, I, I think I liked. Um, uh, my gals. Um, the the, the uh, third kid, Luis, Luis, uh, his super, super Catholic grandma cracked <laughs> me up, uh, including the the local the local um priest played by method man <laughs> yeah that was... and honestly played straight he uh, he's not he's not playing it up and in fact if you don't know method man you would not know he was method man does a really honestly solid job as being like the priest who like wants these boys to like get their act together but also does not trust them as far as he can throw them and I, I think honestly, his comedic timing playing the straight man to their kind of shenanigans at, at mass was hilarious. He does have one of my favorite lines in the film. And to this, I do want to talk about some of the vampire lore that they use in this because some of it was new to me. But uh, method, okay. ma- method man's line, they took my sprite, was very, <laughs> was very, very funny to me. So oh, didn't he do sprite commercials? I have like no back idea. in the 90s. I'm pretty know. sure he did Sprite commercials. He may have. I don't know. Um, but so let's get into the to the vampire lore. So, of course, the boys quickly figure out that vampires are are moving into town and nobody else seems to notice or care. Uh, so they Luis has a bunch of. Uh, <laughs> well, so <laughs> hang on before they do that. They all watch Blade at Tony's Bodega, which is fantastic. Um, and they get a lot. I thought, of, I thought they watched Blade in res, in response to learning about vampires. They did. They did. So so we have some, you know, some. Uh, some some vampire stuff, and some of it is stuff that we've heard before, like you can't see a vampire in a mirror. Right. right. So. The other thing of that is you also can't take a video of a vampire. That was a new one so, to me. So that is something that I depending on who's writing it sometimes they'll they'll allow them to be shown in photographs sometimes they won't um that is kind of a dealer's choice situation yeah what we do in the shadows um, because, the, because can... the, the mirror thing i believe originated I want to get into it was that that mirrors used to have a silver background and because silver has the rea- uh 
the is the reactor for the vampire that's why you couldn't see them because the reflection of, of from the silver yeah so possibly you know if you want to go technically with with that old school lore then it's yeah it's feasible but yeah in, in this version they, they will not show up on any sort of imaging or reflective uh surface which I'm fine with because it gave us uh, yeah, some. I'm, I'm okay with it. It gave us some it, fun it, things like floating hummus in a <laughs> in a bodega. Oh, it's great! It's a great scene. Uh, uh, so we also have um, you throw a communion wafer in a vampire's mouth, it'll they'll they'll be destroyed. That was, I mean, that specific one was new to me. Um, I'm sure it's been done in something. I know a lot of consecrated things will have a reaction. Obviously, holy water is the most popular. Um, so it makes all the sense in the world that, okay, if that's, you know, holy water, then, you know, the Eucharist, which is the body of Christ in the faith is uh, possibly just powerful. Yes. If, if a cross and holy water is going to have a reaction, then I would, I would imagine that, uh, a Eucharist wafer would, would be the same. It all makes sense. Uh, and speaking of holy water, we have some new holy water powers, I guess, new to me. I've always known holy water as something that would, you know burn a vampire hurt, if it was thrown on them yeah but this one also uh you know if it, apparently holy water boils if a vampire is nearby which was yeah a new i one wasn't immediately me. familiar with that one I, i'm sure it's been something i've seen someone be like oh that's in near dark or it's not near dark but you know it's something like that um but it's fun that was cool I, though it, it was like kind it. of video game logic yeah it, it was because it, it, it let them know that like oh somebody in this room is a vampire something's going on Here's the problem I have with that is they have these holy water uh, things in water balloons. And if that water's boiling, that thing should immediately be popping, which it did. It does eventually. But if it's boiling already, it should be done. Like balloon balloons are are not great receptacles if you want to keep water in. them. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it makes it it makes sense as a vampire weapon because you throw holy water at the vampires and it bursts on them and burns them. Um, I, I did also again I I love I love the idea of them going to church and then s during a big long prayer sneaking to the rectory and stealing holy water. <laughs> it's great. And putting in sprite bottles. I love it. Yeah, it's great. It was it was it was pretty funny. Um uh but yeah, uh where where else do we go with 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 some of this stuff? So um I I I'm kind of curious um, you said you didn't you didn't feel that like this was a horror movie, which is it's not. It's I, I call it a Halloween movie. Um, this is certainly on the, on the more trunk or treat side, despite the fact that it's got a higher uh, amount of adult language. Um, it's got a higher amount of adult language. It has uh, three. I don't want to call them brutal on screen deaths, despite the fact that they're vampires. There there is more blood in the scene of Blade that they show the kids watching in the bodega than there is. In, oh, you wanted to talk about the blade aspect, I think. I think I interrupted you. Oh, I just love that they called out blade because it, uh, I, I, and continually use the phrase suckheads. <laughs> suckheads, yeah. Like it, it's just it's just such a thing. And I'm glad that we watched Blade for the show recently enough. A while ago. I, uh, it was a while ago because I guess Patrick, yeah, Patrick was still on the show when we did that. You know. But it's recently <laughs> enough that uh, that Blade enters my conscious memory fairly right, often in your, in your memory. I, I quoted Blade to you the other day before knowing that Blade was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was great because um, I, I, I watched this for the first time before suggesting it like for this Halloween uh, 
season. And I I was just like, man, this is this is great because, yes, Blade would 100 percent be something that these kids are super into and would watch as a reference in the same way that kids uh, or, or the kids in like um, uh, Fright Night watched like uh, the equivalent of like Vincent Price movies and stuff i mean it's the it's the same the same thing in all these kids movies is they always look at an older vampire movie to get their information and i hate to say it fellow elder millennials but for kids who were supposed to be 14 years old uh hitting on 16 year old girls um blade is an old movie yeah blade Blade turns 25 it, this year yeah, it, it was 97 right 97 was 98 blade. i think it was 98, maybe. I don't know. Hang on. I'm going to let's, oh, let's look it up. I, I thought it was 98, but I could be wrong. Might be 97. Um, either way, uh, it's, it was it's, it was it was 98. It was 98. OK, so either way, it is closely creeping towards its 30th anniversary. <laughs> um, so, yes, the, a bunch of 16 year or a bunch of 14 year olds are going to watch that old movie blade. Like everyone can kind of cringe when Peter Parker says it, but Hey, those are really old movies to these kids. And so it, it, it works. The, the yeah. kids in the eighties who are watching the fifties horror movies, it, that, that is the same distance. I mean, I told you what my kids asked me the other day, dad, what's an iPod. <laughs> wow yeah you, your kids were born like in, in the 2010s yeah my my, um, my my oldest child was born at, in december of 2011 which was multiple years into the iphone already existing so they've they've known iphones their entire lives and yeah um so i wanted to talk about the, about some of the horror aspects because we do like despite i i agree with you drew i i do um, despite the fact that this does follow typical vampire movie rules and pacing um, outside of the the major deaths we get, specifically the well, one gang member and Tony being the big ones. Um, we get some cool chase scenes. We get some cool sneaking into the vampires lair scenes. Um, we get, you know. The the reveal that Victoria is a vampire. Bum, or bum, Vivian, bum. sorry, Vivian. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I liked the 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 kind of so the whole thing where they have to be invited in. However, if your super rich gentrifying uh vampire can buy the building, well, you don't need so, an invitation for a building you own. This is something that I love that they set up, but I dislike that they didn't use. So, because this scene was yes, because it, it, by by the time that we get to that point, it's never it never happens. It's not useful. Like we as an audience have learned that Vivian is a vampire and is the one who killed Tony about twenty minutes before the characters do, because they have trusted Vivian to this point. They like she's helped them relatively put up fly. Well, they she's helped them put up flyers. She ran into them randomly in the office of the the murnau guy and uh etc 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 but when the, when and she walks them home to keep, help keep them safe and then when they get to the apartment she doesn't come inside with everybody else and is just making small talk with with miguel's mom at the door and it, that's when bobby kind of figures out look she can't come in she can't come in she's a vampire and and it's a fun reveal. And, and her response to that is, of course, to prove that she's a vampire 
by popping fangs at which point is also nice for character development because now miguel's mom knows that they have not been goofing off and causing trouble and getting almost arrested for stuff which is all stuff that happens in the film there is a reason yes. why all this stuff is going on well because um, we, we we they're almost wretched because they 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 run afoul of um the vampire's familiar who who has this old school gangster look to him uh we we have actually seen him pretty recently uh as fbi agent michael stasek in the fast franchise he is the one that uh paul paul walker loves to beat on no wonder he was so familiar and also george stacy in across the spiders which they, they, they i think they use some of his face for that too i think they did um and honestly did like dude's age since he was in fast so i was like i know i've seen this guy so that's why i had to look it up but i was like oh man this would be fun to bring up because uh we just you know finished uh fast <laughs> too fast <laughs> summer uh but yeah he he plays um the fbi agent who uh <laughs> gets beaten up by paul walker <laughs> quite a bit um and uh and, and honestly has been consistently acting um but he's he's great as the he plays that kind of jersey gangster kind of style uh like almost like the a capo of of sorts but you find out that oh he's 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 just the familiar doing, doing the day-to-day stuff and he's been promised that they will turn him into a vampire even though uh as a, a devout watcher of what we do in the shadows we all know that that promise is rarely ever good <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and in fact his change of heart is probably the least convincing in the movie yeah um but it he doesn't matter it works but it, it, it yeah it's one of those things that doesn't matter but all right so what to, i wanted to but know to, but to go but to go back i loved I, I, again because we were talking about this with uh vivian going to the house i loved that her take was oh well if i can't get welcomed into this place i will buy the building and then it will be mine and i won't have to be invited in and that is such an interesting thing that i have I mean, not thought about before it is certainly an aspect of the gentrification topic as well and the entitlement topic that plays so well with the metaphor they're working with and that why why i think this works so well because some people oh this is super heavy-handed and forgetting the audience that this is intended for um the metaphors don't have to be subtle and sometimes shouldn't be it's smart and the way that they do it despite the fact that and sometimes it's obvious it's smart it's smartly handled and it's also I think handled very well with how they represent the neighborhood and especially when the neighborhood comes together for the three boys at the end of the movie. Yeah. I felt that there was, there's this element of the entire neighborhood was the character in and of itself. There was a sense of community. There was a sense of a lived in nature. I don't know if this was shot on location uh, in New York or not. It probably was shot on a soundstage most likely. Um, knowing you know the the creatives involved i i would i would imagine um but it still it had it had a city energy to it it had something genuine in its script that i think makes it such a fun halloween watch because yes there are scenes that 
there's like three scenes that are real horror movie things. Even when they sneak into the vampire's lair, it's not that scary. It they they also they walk in and they go downstairs and there are all the vampire coffins and there's not like yeah. a guard or anything. It's not particularly. It's not like night books where like there is an attempt to actively scare you. This is this is I guess this is more Halloween fun. This is like, oh vampires and the thing the thing that makes it work is the movie's fun. And I think that because it sticks that landing, it doesn't have to be scary. Even though I was thinking when that vampire first kills, um, I just don't remember his name, but the the gang member Slim. Who dies his name the, is Slim. Slim. Oh, yeah, because he was the, the big fat guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when Slim gets killed. I was like, man, if they went from another angle, darken these hues a little bit and just like. Did this more straight, this scene would be terrifying. And because I mean, the use of liminal spaces and I mean, parking lots are already creepy, even when they're well lit. Um, this would have been phenomenal if it were a straightforward horror film. But because they just they do it well enough to be like, hey, this is spooky, but we, we're, we're trying to include most of the family outside of our language. You know, we'll let Chris Red drop the F-bomb and be on our merry way. Um, At least it happened while he was fighting the vampires. Yeah, there, there, there's just an energy to this movie. There's a fun energy to this movie that I think makes for uh, just a super good time. I, I think that this is one that like, yeah, it's not super spooky. Got the vampires in it. It's a good time. This is one that like maybe the, a kid that you like you trust, like, OK, I know they're not going to repeat in the words they see it, they, they've heard, but I think they'll they'll enjoy this. Um, this is a fun little vampire movie. Like, doesn't have to be scary, but because it's so fun. It's yeah. a good, it's just a good adventure story. I had a great time, and you got to see a Sammy Sosa bat uh, dis- kill a vampire. Man, I forgot about that. That was so great. Uh, <laughs> well, because, like, you know, the connection with the, that, the Sammy Sosa bat belongs to their mentor, Tony, where after Vivian kills Tony and then breaks the bat, they use the shard of the bat to kill her. And and uh, I mean, I will, I will say some of the vampires go down a little too easy, uh, but, you know, it's fun. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's, like, it's fun. It, it's 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 a good time. Um, uh, I'm I glad was, you had fun with this. I was yeah. I was a little concerned because I was like, I don't know if he's going to think this is too silly, but not because because a movie like this could easily be done wrong if the right. script wasn't good or the performances wasn't good, weren't good. And, and no, this is this was a really good time. Um, it is only 86 minutes. It's not a particularly yeah, long a, film. It's a very breezy film. I, I think that works out pretty well for it um, because, uh, yeah, it's and and again, you've got people that are known for doing comedy and doing fast paced comedy at the helm of this. Uh, and and I think it I think it really shows off. I, I thought this was a lot yeah. of fun. And as long as you don't mind a little language, uh, you could have a lot of fun with this because really it's not scary at least the vampires aren't that scary <laughs> no 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 not at all and i yeah i have i have a good time with this it it feels like a solid little middle grade book that maybe is more on the fun side like i said it it's more on the fun side than the scary side but yeah this is this is a good time it's got a great message about community coming together um and it does talk about 
you know, gentrification, which a lot of our cities are going through. My city is going through. And it's uh, it's a complicated topic in my town because there's a lot, a lot of a lot of discussions about what's going on. And it's and I live in Atlanta. It, yeah, you live in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I live in a town where like it's it's a lot more hotly debated, I feel like, um, because it's it's a problem. And so I, I, I liked the, the, the way they went about it. Um, I liked a lot of the kids. I thought they were great. That I think that what, that's what really makes the movie work is the fact that these three kids who are the central characters in the film are good. They have a chemistry. You believe in them. You like them. And they're likable actors uh, that uh, uh, that can often make or break your movie. And yeah, this this is this is fun. And yeah, at a tight 86 minutes. This is oh. Look, I, I love a good long movie and we're going to watch one that's, you know, a little, little longer than this uh, next Mo- week. But movies can be too long, Miles. Movies can be too long. I, I, I agree. And look, I, I'm someone who ate up a three hour Batman movie. But uh, but yeah, I, I, a good I, I, I love a good tight 90 or sub 90 minute movie. I think that is an extremely valuable thing. And I think the audience or not the audience. I think the director knew what his audience was yes. and was like, yeah. Just get in, get out. And this I, this is a great movie. There's a reason this has a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's a blast. I agree. And and, and yeah, man, 90-minute movies used to be such a sweet spot. And I feel like we have mm-hmm. moved so far away from that since the, Mar- the MCU days. Like, Marvel Cinematic Universe has changed a lot with movie making. And uh, there's a lot of hot takes about it, but I don't think all those hot takes are wrong. But that's a conversation for another day. Right. What else is a conversation for another day, Miles? What? What we're doing next week. Yes. Um, so we are doing probably the uh the worst timed movie of the year. Um Yeah, well, I so I got theories about that. Oh, I you got theories that are correct. I can I can promise you that. Um I, I just think I still think it's terribly terribly done despite the fact that uh well we'll talk about it uh next week but i'm i'm pretty enthusiastic about next week's uh challenge <laughs> it, it's been like four years since we've been back and i still say next week's challenge it's okay i still um, have the sound cue in my head all the time next week's challenge you have received a quest you have received a quest <laughs> oh. <laughs> um so next week we are doing disney's 2023 film haunted mansion not the uh, 2005 was, one or whenever the eddie murphy one came out that one yeah. we're not doing we're doing That's why the i gave the one. date <laughs> just, uh in case people don't pay attention to that you said 2023s i'm just putting it out there all right well so we are doing this year's this year's haunted mansion film that is currently on disney plus um and yeah we'll probably talk a little bit about the old haunted mansion movie um and I've never seen it so we won't talk very much about it okay then maybe we won't <laughs> um so um very very excited to talk about this i'm excited for you to see it um because i don't know anyone else who has outside of of me and my fiance like no one i know saw this movie and it bums me out because uh well we'll talk about it next week and i'm sure we'll um, also and- talk about the haunted mansion that i'm assuming you went to at disney world Oh, it was a it was priority one. Like I had a reserved spot as soon as it was available. (laughs) Um, I I, went to it at night, but I I 
I did go. I'm not a a uh, I'm not a super lore person when it comes to the Haunted Mansion ride, but I love it and typically ride it multiple times when I go to Disney. So I'm excited to see because I know there are a lot more direct ride stuff. In this yeah, film. and what's 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 so funny is like, uh, you know, when I was next to Kristen in the theater, she was oh, it's not, it's not. And even when I was in the ride, I was like, this is neat. I I can't think of everything that was in the in the movie, but like this is a, I, I, the ride's great. We'll talk about it next week. Well, when the ride um, invariably stops and you're sitting inside it for five minutes in one spot, you get a good look at everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that next week. So, gang, thank you for joining us again. Vampires of versus the Bronx is on Netflix. You should watch it. It's really good. Next week, Disney's The Haunted Mansion from this year, the year 2023 that you can find on Disney Plus. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com with this and every other episode since 2011. Good Lord, Ooh. we've been doing this for so long. Uh, you yeah. can go to facebook.com slash themoreyounerd. You can tweet to us at themoreyounerd for now. For now. Uh, <laughs> that, that for now is getting more like italicized. Uh, that, like they just dropped the whole like, oh yeah, a dollar per year to tweet or whatever. I'm like, yep, yep. Blue Sky might be our permanent home soon. <laughs> yeah, assuming that sticks around, we'll see. Uh, but you know what's probably sticking around the best is if you go to CosmicCrit.com, our sister podcast, where we play the Starfinder tabletop RPG game uh, and, ha- have, and have been doing for six years over there, which is wild. Uh, you can uh, join our Discord where you can literally talk to me and Miles at work all day. Uh, yep. It's a good time. And we have a lot of zany, wild conversations. You can join all of our crew over there. Uh, So with that said, gang, uh, we're going to end the show now, as we always do with a rousing nerd nerd out out. to nerd for y'all.